Hello and welcome to Leaving Erinsborough, the Neighbours Rewatch podcast from the very beginning. I'm Sarah Gibbs. I'm a comedy writer, author of Drama Queen, One Autistic Woman and A Life of Unhelpful Labels and Neighbours Obsessive. <sighs> People, our prayers have been answered. I don't even know how to start this very special episode of the show. <sighs> I can't quite believe it. I don't think any of us can quite believe it. The thing that most of us, and I'll hold my hands up here, myself included, I was a very negative Nelly. Uh, the thing that most of us thought would never happen has happened. The impossible has happened. And in a twist worthy of the show itself, Neighbours has been brought back from the dead. That's right. Unless you've been living under a rock, you already know this, but I don't care. I'm so excited. Neighbours is coming back on Amazon Freebie. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to talk for a minute about how I felt when I heard the news because it just seems um, silly not to at a time like this, community and all that. I just, I think at first of all, I went through several layers of mistrust. I, I sort of looked at the post and I was like, oh, this has got to be a recycled April Fool's post. I'm not falling for this. And then I saw the date and I was like, oh no, it's from today. Okay, well, this is Elon Musk's Twitter. Someone's paid for a blue tick and they're winding us all up and this this is the cruel consequence of allowing a billionaire to buy Twitter and I was all ready to get up in arms and then I was like well it's quite impressive that they got a deep fake with Jackie and and Alan Fletcher and Stefan Dennis and Ryan Maloney so I was like okay well I'm just gonna click on this and see I was so cautious I just I, I thought maybe that it'll be like oh a one-off and I was like, oh, that'll be nice, a one-off spin-off. Or they're, they're announcing the back catalogue, which also they have, by the way. They are announcing the back catalogue. Um, I don't know how much of it is going up. I'm hoping from the very beginning, please, please, please. But I don't know how possible that is. Um, that's all going up on Amazon Prime as well. So excited for what that means for our little viewing community. So then I watched the video and uh, I just burst into tears started screaming my husband came running in I don't think he's ever heard me make a noise like that I'm quite mellow generally um and yeah I mean I'm not mellow at all I've just um I'm understated in my reactions to to good news generally I'm like that I'm, I'm, I'm autistic I'm like that is good excellent I no, not today screaming flapping jumping I just, it took me a long time to calm down long enough. My hands were shaking when I sort of retweeted. And then my phone went, was going off all day with people like, have you heard the news? Like, of course I have. Um, but it was very nice of them anyway to be thinking of me and of Neighbours fans at a time like this. How are we all feeling? Bloody hell. I don't know. I can't even, <laughs> can't even process it. Um, it's just... It's the best thing to ever happen to anyone ever, and I'm so excited. I wasn't planning to go on about it for this long. I was planning to do a little mention and then and then do my intro, but um, it just seems like, uh, yeah, now is not the time for understatement. Um, I really hope that they can get a lot of our favourites back, including, and that brings me on to today's guest. Um, so just for context, today's guest, who you all know by now, is the one and only Lucinda Cowden. Um, aka Melanie Pearson. Today as guest we recorded our interview uh, before the news broke 
um, about a week and a half before all of this. So I don't know how much of um, all the stuff that we're plugging will still apply. We'll have to wait and see. Um, if anyone from the show is listening, I think I speak for all of us in the fan community when I say bring back Mel and please make her a regular. I would love to see her married life with Toady. I want to see Toady happy. I don't want to see him back to square one, miserable, like another failed relationship or another tragedy no thank you um bring back melanie and uh yeah very 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 excited to see if that happens just regarding the interview as well a lot of you uh, posted questions in the uh facebook group the uh, facebook group leaving erinsborough which you can search for um anyone can join you just have to agree to the group rules and i'll let you in um so don't forget to do that if i decline for that reason just try again and agree to the rules um, lots of you asked questions for Lucinda. I asked as many as I could get through in the time that we had. Um, some of them had very interesting results, uh, you will see. Um, some of you were asking about Neighbours and the ceramic pigs. And um, I'd just like to do a quick shout out to Neighbours who have done their own interview with Lucinda, which will be coming out hopefully at some point in the next week. So if you have any questions about the ceramic pigs, about Neighbours and their relationship to, to Lucinda and Melanie, please do listen to their episode too. I'm sure that they've had their own brilliant chat with her and I can't wait to hear that as well. Finally, I'm just going to leave you with some breaking news about this podcast. There's going to be a couple of small changes going forward. The first is um, that I've thought long and hard um, and I have decided to slow the pace down a bit. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. The first, well, there's like three three reasons for that. The first is that it's incredibly labor intensive to watch a month of Neighbours in, um, in two weeks. Um, and with the show planning to come back I think it'll be too hard for me to go on on dual tracks watching at this pace anyway it's also a big ask for guests to watch a full month of this show um from the 1980s uh you know people are busy and have busy lives so this will just make it easier for people to get even if they can't watch the full two weeks to get a better impression of what's been happening and to feel a little less lost and finally it's just to give the community a chance to watch along as well without feeling like they're being sort of dragged uh, dragged at a pace that's too fast so um yeah we'll be slowing down and covering a fortnight at a time so next episode which will be coming out in a fortnight we'll cover episodes 121 to 130 instead of 140 like i said last time uh, so just make a note of that hopefully all the episodes will be up on amazon prime soon we can keep our fingers crossed for that um, but in the meantime i have another very 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 exciting announcement and that is that we are taking on a regular co-host. I love having a regular rotation of guests and we are going to keep doing that. But I think just the, the pressure of having to book somebody every fortnight, somebody new is quite a lot. But more importantly, I had this person on a few weeks ago and people just loved her and I love her. She's such a dear friend of mine. I had so much fun recording with her. We're part of the same industry. We're part of the same circles and we're both massive Neighbours fans. It'll be such a pleasure 
not being in this sort of on my own anymore or just you know me and my husband editing this and um you know it, it's really nice but it's going to be so much nicer to share it with somebody so i'm so pleased to announce that she won't be on every single episode because she's got a busy life but she'll be on most episodes um as often as she can um and this regular co-host is going to be none other than jewish comedian and host of jew talking to me podcast rachel krieger so you can look forward to hearing her lovely voice on future episodes and her brilliant hot takes and I can't wait for her to join the team and I'm so 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 excited for the next chapter of this podcast um, like I said we'll be carrying on business as usual just at a little slower pace and hopefully this will bring in a wider audience and uh, we can all enjoy it together um, so um, quick social media stuff I'm not sure what's going to happen with Twitter um, we're still on there at leaving errands for now but I'm not sure that we're going to stay on so just keep your ears for wherever we end up next that's it from me if you like what you hear today please don't forget to subscribe rate and review us it all helps the podcast get noticed now on to our very 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 special guest Today's guest, you've you've already seen the. I always ruin the suspense by putting the name of my guest in the the podcast. But how else will you know? Today's guest, I'm so 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 excited. I can't actually believe I'm talking to this incredible neighbors actor, star, uh, legendary character. You will all know her as the famous laugh. Um, I was gonna say laugh a minute and then try and make laugh work somehow in some sort of double it's eight in the morning here so please excuse me um, she's got the brilliant laugh she's got the ceramic pigs she's got toady a uh, woman after our own hearts the amazing Lucinda Cowden aka Melanie Pearson Lucinda welcome thank you so much for being here oh my goodness Sarah I think that could be the best introduction I have ever had in my life oh you <laughs> you're so sweet oh this is why we love you how are you doing oh, okay yeah yeah pretty good getting there yeah, yeah, gosh, life after neighbours. It must be. It must be a sort of quite, quite quiet and different. Yeah, it is. Well, I did this sort of weird thing where I, I was worried about that happening, so I just took a heap of work. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm currently doing um, three different jobs, um, which are all sort of um, teaching and drama and speech related, um, and um, and yeah, and I'm. A, I was sort of a bit of a mess because I didn't really know which one I was doing and what I was doing today and what props do I need to take to this job, what admin should I have done for that job. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's been weird. I've just thrown myself into, like, welcome back to normal life again without neighbours, if you know what I mean, as yeah. um, harsh as it is. And I just didn't want to sort of be a sad sack and sit around and feel sorry for myself. So instead, I just gave myself way too much to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always the way. And sick and stuff, but because I'm trying to do too much. So, yeah, hello. Oh, gosh. Well, I think you're going to be um, in 
crazy demand um, very, very soon. I can't imagine that you're going to be sitting still for long. Um, you know, you're such an enormous talent. And I, I want to get this in right at the top because this is so exciting um, for fans, especially. You um, have started or are starting a comedy chat sketch show, um, a, a podcast. Is that a, a YouTube sort of podcast with your friend? I am with this uh with a girlfriend of mine who I actually met when I lived in the UK, but I had hilariously worked with her father when I met her. We were put together in an Australian play. Her name is Sally Bourne, and um, she played, oh, God, I'm going to wish I was, she played, um, she was in Prisoner. She's a fantastic actress. Oh. Um, she was in the old Prisoner back in the old days, like in the 80s, and, and she played, um, Annie Phelan's daughter. I keep saying Annie Phelan's daughter. I can't remember her, <laughs> um, the character that she played. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so Sally Bourne, um, hilarious and really talented. She she was working in the West End when I met her. She's a fantastic singer and actress, and very very funny. And we used to work together a long time ago. And then she ended up coming home and having babies, and I ended up staying a little bit longer. And um, and you know we. It's been a while since we've had this sort of time to be able to work together again. So, um, yeah, so we've been putting some stuff together, writing together and writing some sketches and we're going to have sort of some guests, um, which, of course, are going to be my friends because that's the way we do it, which are going to be lots of actors and actresses from Neighbours. <laughs> Yay! Oh, that's so exciting. And it's called Soap and the Sisterhood. Um, yeah, well, so, current working title, we keep changing it. But where it's sort of about um, sort of women's issues, I suppose, that we are making fun of because we're talking about ourselves and where we are at this particular time in our lives. Um, and, and also about the interesting dynamic of the matriarchy in the soap. If you know what I mean, because I think, yeah. you know, and I think particularly thinking about the end of Neighbours, if you know what I mean, it was like it was all of these older women that were at the forefront of the end of that show, which is something that I found incredibly interesting. Um, and I think, mm. you know, with the sort of, you know, possible, I mean, I don't know where Soap is going to live in this new streaming world, if you know what I mean. I don't really know where, yeah. where it fits, but it's such an important, it's such an incredibly important thing to have. Yeah, I agree. I totally um, agree. Um, and I think we need that kind of daily touch tone that isn't necessarily of incredible quality, um, you know, um, in, in every aspect, if you know what I mean. But I think it's yeah. enough to let people um, not only slightly live vicariously through people who are kind of like them and aren't, you know, superheroes or, um, you know, have any particular kind of brilliant talent, you know, if you know what I mean, We're normal yeah. people living normal lives. And where are those stories going to go? If you know what I mean, I just... Yeah, the relatability. Absolutely. I can't mm. relate to anyone in the Avengers. I don't have that <laughs> kind of ability and power. <laughs> I've only got Madame as older and, you know, yeah. she can be a bit, you know... 
<laughs> but you know, everyone knows a Melanie who's kind of like Absolutely. who's so lovable. Everybody and... knows that nutty single friend that they've always had. That sort of you know is just a little bit too crazy to you know get a proper boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you say that, but she hasn't done badly for herself. But we'll we'll talk about that. Yes. But you know, I think. You're talking about matriarchs and and the soap, and that's that. What I loved so much was it was so so empowering to older women. I I, I don't know how you felt, but I, I felt think, like yeah. it was so empowering. Yeah, and Annie's beautiful story, and yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and Jackie's, and mm. um, and and mine, bless me, um, you know, or Mel's, <laughs> excuse me, how dare I very own it myself? Um, it was totally hers. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was really, I just think that's a really interesting thing. Um, and, you know, Nat, I suppose, in ways coming back, Nat Bassingthwaite as well, you know, that was a great, oh, so um, fantastic thing to have Izzy back, um, creating Wonderful. drama wherever she went and trauma <laughs> as well. Um, so, you know, I think it was really, I think they were the strong, they were the strong things and I think that's what soap does, you know. Um I think it, it it's it is a kind of like a, a female area, you know. I don't. I think it's probably yeah. mainly women that watch it, um, and I think it's really you know a, a great tool for families to be able to discuss issues. And I worry about not not having it, and no one watching things together anymore, and you know. I like. Yeah, everyone being siloed in their own little interests and and nothing to yeah to bring families together. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone just having their separate thing and they're separate on their separate computers and not knowing what anybody else is watching and not talking about those things and discussing them in that way. Like you know, I suppose people still yeah. go to the cinema and they do that. Yeah, and you know the issues that it that it raises and and things they they are cultural touchstones. You know, I learned so much, for example, about trans identities via Mackenzie's story, right. and you know that you I really would have missed out um, on on that sort of you know it's a safe space because you don't want to like go and tap a trans person on the shoulder and start yeah. asking them like annoying questions. I just that's not that's not appropriate. Absolutely. But Mackenzie's storyline gives oh, you a medium. Mm. Oh my god, what an incredible talent she is! And you know, for oh, anyone who hasn't seen her Netflix documentary, just what are you doing with your life? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's so just amazing. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is incredible. So, yeah. so I mean, speaking of the importance of soap, you you were on Neighbours almost, you know, on and off from from the very beginning. You you were right back to I think nineteen eighty seven. Your yeah, first episode, seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm rewatching from the beginning, having never watched before 2001. Oh, so I've no. I've I've watched all your greatest hits. That I went into the community and asked what your essential episodes were, and I'm I'm sort of up to date. Um, so I met you for the first time in that in the 20th anniversary, I think it was the when right. with, the, with the video the M's going. I yes. married Joe, and I shouldn't have. Done this. And <laughs> you're thinking who's me? 
<laughs> so so I knew who Joe was but I, I just sort of I was getting to know you and then when you came back as as a, you know a love interest for Toady and 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 your you know this whirlwind of incredible color and fun I was just you know I was, I was just captivated and so if it was I was sort of the litmus test that you didn't need to have seen the original synth to fall in love with Melanie oh. it wasn't a nostalgic thing you just you just lit up the screens um so Going all the way back, how did your casting first come about all the way back in 1987? Well, all the way back in 1987, um, previously I had auditioned for the role of Jane and the role of Charlene. Goodness. So I had seen Jan Russ a number of times at that stage and both Kylie and Annie were at the same management that I was with. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, you know, I kind of thought there was going to be something for me there some at some point. And anyway, I went in and I had an audition with, funnily enough, a director uh, called Paul Maloney who happens to be now and was then dating Annie Jones, I believe. But Yeah. But, I, yeah. But now he's been married to her for like 30-something years. So, yeah, so Paul Maloney um, was uh, who I knew, you know, socially, <laughs> was I saw for my first audition. Uh, that that helps with the nerves. Yeah, well, it was really funny because it was hardly any dialogue. They because Aunt Melanie at that point had didn't have any had hadn't been written and didn't have any actual dialogue, and so I oh, wow. got some script from uh, an old series called The Henderson Kids um, for a part that a girl that I knew called Toddy Goldsmith played. Um, a hairdresser in a hairdressing salon who was really kind of dippy. Um, and I, um, I knew, I'd i seen what Toddy had done and and then there was this thing about this character had to have this ridiculous laugh and it <laughs> said that the laugh had to be a cross between a seal honking and a donkey braying. <laughs> uh, you nailed that yeah I think I did I did those when we were at drama school I loved those animal lessons <laughs> <laughs> you know a dog-like person or a, you know all those sorts of things I love those so um uh, yeah so uh so yeah so the laugh came from me trying to put those two noises together really um, and so I went in um, and did a little bit of script from an entirely different show um, for Paul Maloney and then did this absolutely ridiculous laugh, kind of because I knew Paul, I kind of let it rip and just thought I'd make him laugh after a dull day of auditioning, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, and anyway, he thought it was hysterical um, and I got a call back a couple of days later saying, um, yes, they'll use you for that. It's just for, um, I think it was a couple of episodes initially. I think it was just um, maybe four episodes, something like that, six episodes, something like that. Um, so I went in and I did six, and I just thought, I'm never going to have to do this again. This is only for six episodes. <laughs> oh, long one can be. Um, yes, so only for six episodes. So let's just make it absolutely hysterical. 
Um, oh boy. <laughs> um so yeah, so I did that and um and they thought it was pretty funny. So um I kept getting us back. So the so the yeah, the original yeah. thing was just yeah, uh meeting with the lovely Paul Maloney, so which is always a lovely thing to do. Um funnily enough, you know, he was there when we watched the last episode altogether. So it was there was something fortuitous in that. Wow, mm. symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. So that um, that answers Becky's question about the laugh. Um, so you, you mentioned that you sort of thought it was going to be a short-term thing. Yes. Um, I, I should say we've we've got some community questions from our private Facebook group. Oh, lovely. Um, one of the perks of, of being in there. Um, and so Becky from the fi- private Facebook group wanted to know about the laugh. And her question was... Um, uh, well, she, you've answered most of it, but did you regret choosing something that presumably hurts your throat yes, after a while well, of doing it? There, there you go, Becky. Absolutely. I thought I was <laughs> doing a one-off. I'll do this hilarious, <laughs> over-the-top character, and I'll never go back there again because everyone has to do their time in. You know, that's what it was like in the eighties. <laughs> everyone's got to be in prisoner. Everyone's got to be. If you know what I mean, it was like if you're female, yeah. you've got to be in prisoner. If you haven't been in prisoner, are you even an actor in Melbourne? Um, so, you know, it was kind of the same with what was happening with Neighbours. Um, and it was starting to get an audience in the UK at that point. That was around the time when uh, things started to um, get interesting. Um, I, mm. All the interest started to occur from the UK about the show. Um, so so it seemed like, you know, it was probably a, a clever idea to, to go back and do more. So when they asked me to do more, I I was like, oh, God, I've got to do that thing again. Um, <laughs> and, of course, they'd written it in even, you know, even more. So it was like, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, uh, yeah. And then um, I went and did another show completely. Um, I did a show called The Power and the Passion for a year. And um, oh, wow. then that finished and I, yeah, went back to Neighbours um, full time. So there was like a whole year between drinks of Mel so yeah Mm. it wasn't until 89 that she came back as a as a regular character so you had plenty of time in the meantime to let your throat recover (laughs) take some lozenges drink a lot of tea absolutely (laughs) all of those things amazing so um back back to our fan community because they you had so much love on there I can't even tell you people just lost it when they found out you were coming on um Katie wants to know what kind of input you were able to have on developing Mel's personality in the earlier days because I I saw somewhere that you said that what you both had in common was that you're a lot of fun and I'd really love to know you know and, and Katie would love to know sort of what your input was absolutely nothing (laughs) <laughs> oh really <laughs> at this stage of events the writers were all in sydney oh wow so we never had a meeting i never had a meeting in the two and a half years that i was there initially i never had a meeting with the writers i never met a writer oh my goodness i know how mental is that but they definitely picked up what I gave out if you know what I mean and we had a Mm. really simpatico relationship I got a couple of really lovely letters from the writers saying you know we just love what you're doing it's you're so easy to write for 
um, which was fantastic and which I, I think I've still got because <laughs> I'm a sentimental oh, old fool. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, um, so it was really weird. There were no collabs, if you know what I mean, which is what Neighbours is full of now, if you know what I mean. You have mm. regular meetings with the writers and you make suggestions and they take things on and you take things on and it's really quite collaborative. Um, but back in those old days, they were, they were we, we never met them. Wow. We never met them. Gosh. I know, isn't that? Really- As a writer, that's like, that's what makes me run cold because I kind of, oh my gosh, that's so much pressure to write for someone that you're not, you're not having this sort of dialogue with. But I guess they're getting the feedback from the screens. And so to you, do. it feels so a lot more one way for than. For you, from what you show them. Mm. And yeah. I don't know how long it was like that because obviously after 1991, I wasn't there any, anymore. So, so I don't know, different producers may have had different ways of doing things. Um, but that's definitely the way it was. Um, in the eighties and the early nineties, um, there wasn't there wasn't any um, there wasn't any writers in. They were all in Sydney, so the producers were in Sydney, um, and the writers were in Sydney. There was an online producer who was in Melbourne, so there was like somebody who we would go to and who would be watching the show from this end. Um, but the producers that made the big decisions were all up in Sydney, and they'd come down you know, once every couple of weeks and say hello and have a chat with people. Oh. Amazing. People. We always used to get scared when they'd come down. <laughs> well, I, I guess they, they just picked up on your essence and your energy and, and, yes, and that because exactly. it feels like you you know, really infused the character with, with so much of yourself in, in terms of, you know, because you, you seem to me, uh, having known you, uh, 20 minutes you seem to me to be really vibrant and like you know fun and and yeah, bubbly and, and wonderful I think of. I'm probably quite different to Melanie I think I am quite different mm. to Melanie um but um there's definitely uh I have a lot of energy as she does um uh, but I think uh yeah I, and I think and I was she's just such a joy to be you know Mm. she was just so much fun can imagine. she's such a free spirit and she just didn't care she just was herself and didn't care and i just nice to live vicariously yeah well i did too (laughs) 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 that whole joy of just like going oh well i'm just that's just me if you know what i mean just oh my god if only i could actually be like that i am not like that I'm much too happy. Yeah, wouldn't we all love to be like that? Yeah, no, I would love to be like that. I'm not. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit of a free spirit, but I'm not not that kind of, I'm not that kind of. um, I remember a girl uh, who used to work on Neighbours, like in the early days, a wonderful woman called Jane Hancock. Um, She said to me that Melanie was like the original Georgie girl. Mm. swinging down the road so fancy free she didn't care that she looked like a dick you know if you know what I mean that she wore the worst clothes and you know just went a bit too far in whatever she did um that was just her and that was just and there was just like and I just love that and whenever I think I hear that song I think of Mel yeah, yeah. I, I I loved Mel's clothes and I thought they were wonderful they're sort of like there was always there was always something a bit not quite right in QR, I reckon. 
Yeah, that might be because I'm autistic and we're famous for that, for for dressing not quite right. So I'm like, oh, she looks super fashionable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Mel thought she looked super fashionable as well. And, and, you know, but it's like I just, you know, it's not my, it's not at all how I how I dress at all yeah. people always think that I'm gonna wear these gorgeous long dresses and stuff and I just I'm, I'm a jeans and t-shirt <laughs> girl and yeah no I don't have any of that kind of flamboyance um and and free um willingness that um that Mel has unfortunately I wish I was more like her oh well you're like you and that's that's yeah, wonderful yeah, too absolutely <laughs> Um, so, so Lucy had some uh, quite a few questions. Yeah. Um, I think she is a, a big viewer from back in the day. Um, she would like to know what are your favourite memories from your early days on set? Uh, first of all, uh, look, um, I just used to laugh so much with Guy Pierce. Um, so he was on it for wow. probably about probably about eight months the first sort of eight months or so I was there when I was in for good um Mm. and and god we we used to just giggle we just used to giggle hysterically and he would we would have we would have to stop all the time because we couldn't we would just make each other laugh um (laughs) so there was a lot of there was a lot of hilarious and I suppose because I was young then it's a different completely different experience being yeah. a young person in that situation as opposed to being, you know, a woman in your 50s in that situation. It's a very different, uh, it's a, got a very different feel to it. Mm. What, what were the main differences, do you feel? Well, it, the, the differences are, are you as much as it's the show. It's mm. about, you know, who you are 30 years later as well as what the show is 30 years later. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm a different person with a different set of expectations I suppose as as a woman in my 50 as opposed to a woman in my 20s um so there was a lot of there was a lot of um you know playing around and and being naughty it was a lot of being naughty when I was (laughs) when I was there first time around and I wasn't nearly as naughty although Ryan and I could be pretty bad (laughs) <laughs> oh, it sounds like there's some stories there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether I'm letting them out though. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't peak too early, Sarah. A, there could be a long <laughs> time coming till the next time neighbours happens again, if neighbours ever happens again, or some things do. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, I, I've got I've got my fingers crossed for that. Um, so you know, there's it must have been quite you know bewildering early on. And do you remember anything from your for your very first scene when you were around the dinner table? That was another question yeah, of Lucy. Yeah, yeah, I remember that incredibly well. Bizarrely, I don't know whether it's because it's funny, isn't it? But that that scene is shown a lot. The arrival of mm. Melanie is shown a lot on um, shows and people posted on YouTube and all that sort of palaver. So I kind of feel like I do remember those, but those early days were, they were great fun. They were hilarious. And, and Charleston and, and Hattie and, um, and, and Hattie used to, you know, she would tell stories that would just, I would just be completely infatuated. I would just sit there. I could listen to her all day. 
she would tell stories about you know working in radio in the six fifties and sixties in Melbourne and and working in the theatre down you know in Melbourne and in Sydney and she was just so full of um, information if you were a young person wanting to start out in the industry she was just like this incredible and she just would just freely give this information out that was just amazing um, and and Charleston was just incredibly welcoming um, as were you know Jason just uh, he just his jaw hit the floor the first time I did the laugh. He just couldn't believe it. He just thought it was a hilarious <laughs> thing. Um, and, you know, everybody was just so welcoming and they all thought it was funny as what I was doing, which just made me feel so good, um, yeah. you know, so they were all really lovely. And, you know, of course, Ian Smith as well. Um, yeah, they everybody was fantastic. They were all incredibly welcoming. Alan Dale, um, you know. They were all just fantastic. It was lovely. It was like, you know, as it was the second time, you know, it's like coming back to a family. It's a different thing as opposed to the start of that sort of stuff with everyone. And it was, you know, it was so successful at that time. It was um, an amazingly exciting thing to be a part of because the things that it offered a young actor were phenomenal. You know, we were seeing people, you know, walking out of, you know, Ramsey Street and straight into being, you know, number one on top of the pops and, you know, yeah. it was mental. So it was so full of, um, you know, enthusiasm and hope and all of those sort of stuff and the beginnings of so many things and all of our careers and all that sort of stuff. So it Incredible. had a different sort of feel, I suppose. But I don't know. I'm rambling, aren't I? Sorry. Not at all. No, it's this is just. I'm just sort of. If you could see me, it's like you you're sitting in front of a fireplace, and I'm on the rug uh, with my hand in my in my with my face in my hands, just gazing up, listening. Um, absolutely no rambling here. I just think it's such a testament to you. You know, first of all, uh, you know, I'm I'm a comedy writer, and like the feeling of getting a laugh when you're a comedy type is like yeah, nothing yeah. else. But getting a laugh from those legends like walking in and immediately not you know because you have lots of young actors who start out and they might be a bit shaky or you know they take a little bit of time to warm up yeah, and yeah. find their feet but you are right in there holding your own with these you know legends of the industry and people who went on to be legends and all the and you were you were right on par with them from second one and that must have been an incredible feeling yeah yeah well I think you know I had you know gone to drama school and done the due diligence and all that sort of stuff so I wasn't sort of off the streets which was a lot of the, mm. the way with a lot of um people that were on Neighbours, if you know what I mean. Not everyone was yeah in, like drama school trained so I think because I had this trick to do with this silly laugh, it just sort of was, it just made it easy to break the ice, I suppose, and to be memorable as opposed to one of the millions of, you know, blondes that walked through those corridors, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but you are, yeah. Yeah, I think having that sort of, you know, you know, thing, ability to make everybody stop and turn around and go, what was that? you know um they it was like oh great it's you know is it a is it a hindrance is it a help is it a what I, I don't know I've never known I think it's both um but it's you know it it was really it did make a huge difference 
in those days because I wasn't sort of there sort of trying to be good looking or trying to be sexy or you know if you know what I mean any of those things that are quite you know uncomfortable and and go and you know all that sort of stuff it was I was there doing this this hilariously sort of you know um yeah uncaring but I love that you were all those things as well without even trying like you you were putting all your currency into into the comedy but you actually you know Melanie had all these incredible love affairs and and yeah, she was so desirable yeah. and she she had a younger man later. with that laugh can you mm. if you know what I mean I don't know whether you actually can they used to always surprise me <laughs> It's endearing. I think it's endearing. Um, and as did Toadie. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you know, yes. I kind of bullied you into oh. it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Um, I, I've got a question from Vincent about, because yes. uh, this at the pace we're watching, it's 1985, and I don't know if you watched before you were on at all um or if you're sort of aware of the original family yes, uh, in, in yeah, because I was mates with David Clancy who played Danny ah. so um so yeah so I did I was aware of everything I was aware of everything and I knew Jeff um from playing theatre sports we'd done theatre sports together Jeff Payne and I so there were a couple of people that I had already knew um so there was a reason to you know watch it if you know what I mean because I knew people in it yeah yeah so Vincent would like to know yeah. if you moved to you Melanie moved to Erinsborough in 1985 which family and house do you think that she would have liked to have moved into well I, I think well it's, it's terrible because I think she'd have a foot in each camp because that's very Mel for a start but yeah she had back in the day a total crush on uh Jim Robinson oh I do not blame her yeah she was completely, she used to, it's so funny because she, you know, for the last couple of years I've been saying how brilliant it is to be with a younger man. She used to have this thing about older men, Mel did. <laughs> and Jim Robinson was the older man that she really, really, of course he was never available during the time that she was there. But she did make herself known to, <laughs> to Jim that she was up for it. <laughs> Oh, that would have been a great match. I mean, probably a bit creepy on his end. Yeah, given, he would have been but, too old, I would imagine. But um, but yes. Yeah. So, but I think she would have been much happier in the Ramsey household because she is more a kind of a, a more sort of if you think of them as kind of like the Robinsons were more middle class and the Ramseys originally were a little more working class. Mm. I think Mel would be happier in the more working class arrangement and it's hard to live with someone you have a crush on because you know very you can't, it's very hard to, to impress someone, someone you have a crush on <laughs> if it's not reciprocated so oh. yes I think probably we'd go for the Ramses and definitely with the Ramsey you know with Madge she got along very Mel got along very well with Madge and Harold Oh, yeah, that's lovely. It's so lovely. Oh, all these legends are just getting like it's just like as a neighbors fan, you miss it so much, and then you, you just hear the words Madge and Harold, yeah. and like, oh, my heart. I was going to say about about Jim that regular listeners of this show will know that I have a massive crush on Jim Robinson, oh. and so I just wanted to sanction um Mel's oh, interests yes, and yeah. say I totally get it, yeah. totally get it. Yeah. He is, he is 
um yes I, i'll stop now i'll stop there because it's just embarrassing um but um vincent also um i probably can't say anything either way but he really hopes he'll be on the farewell tour so nice uh, to be I wanted i will be vincent i'm really sorry Aww. well hopefully you can come over here at some other point and yeah, really uh i know the fans clamoring yeah i'd really love to it would be really fantastic um at some point so we'll just have to you know wait for someone to ask me <laughs> <laughs> well you heard that folks get on it there's yeah. a challenge laid down if anyone has an excuse yes i would i would very much like that myself um zoe asks both you and Mark Little, um, obviously who played Joe Mangle, yes. portrayed the love story of Joe and Melanie with such feeling and authenticity, which having seen these episodes, I have to agree, it was just oh, so, so sweet and lovely. And um, that getting together montage of when of you two on holiday just felt really genuine and, and heartfelt. Yeah, it was hilarious, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was hilarious that Joe won Melanie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how how did you and and or mark both of you feel um when it kind of came out that that the characters had divorced was, was that disappointing shocked. to you completely shocked i was completely shocked i thought they were the happily ever after myself um mm. but yeah no the writers had other things obviously because they were gonna set joe up with um um lynn i think lynn, it was Sally. that's right yeah. that's exactly who it was um so yeah so they so they so they, yeah they, they 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 put us to the the boot and there was even sort of acrimony even it sounded like so so who knows yeah. who knows who knows but <laughs> i was shocked I'm, I'm i think mark was as well as i remember i think we were both surprised um that that had happened um but, you know, we weren't there, so we couldn't say, you know, we couldn't say, could we? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a it's a, it's a shame. But then had that not happened, I guess we would never have had uh, Melody, which Absolutely. is uh, the, the fan name for you, I believe, yeah. coined by Neighbours Podcast. Shout out to Neighbours Podcast, the original and best Neighbours Podcast. If you haven't listened to it, um, go and listen to it from the beginning. Um, you, you will not regret it. They are so funny, um, just the best. And they are also friends of this show and people from Neighbours come on this show and we're all good pals so uh just putting a plug in for them here um suze asks who your favorite partner of melanie's was oh that's a hard one. Oh well <laughs> i think look one i met one of my very best friends when i was working on neighbors back in the day and he played a character called the reverend richards and the Reverend Richards and um, Melanie had a kind of slightly on again, off again. She didn't really know whether she was supposed to go out with a priest. And, you know, it was all very, you know, Melanie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he is actually, he, he still is one of my very best friends. Anthony Fletcher, who played the Reverend Richards, is still one of my very best friends in the world. Um, and that's where we met. And we kind of fell in love with each other while we were um while we were doing that and it was and we as as friends you know in, in that way not in a pl purely platonic way we fell in love with each other um but yeah so so 
Um, I don't know. I, he'd have to be up there even though just because we became great friends afterwards. But if you're thinking proper relationships with, with Melanie, um, I think I think I kind of had a bit more fun with Ryan. So um, I'm going to go the toad. I think the toad is the one for Mel, yeah. I think that's a good answer because that, that's where we've left her and we want to know that Melanie's happy. She's so I, I, so I like that answer. She can't believe her luck. <laughs> I think Toadie all. can't believe his luck. Well, isn't that the I... best way for the uh, couple to be? Isn't that like the best situation you could possibly have with a couple that they both think they're the luckiest people mm. in the world? Absolutely. That is the Absolutely. success. Oh. Wonderful. Um, I, we've got questions about that later, but I don't want to. I don't want to repeat that because they're good questions. Um, so I will. I will just ask. Guy wanted to know: um, Is it true that you used to be a tour guide around the BBC Television Centre? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. How fantastic! Well, I would have loved to have been a tour guide. Where did that come from, Guy? <laughs> that is absolutely hysterical. No, I have been through the corridors while I was doing, I did a couple of children's BBC programs um, in the 90s. Um, so I was around a lot there, but <laughs> I certainly wasn't a tour guide. Oh I God. wonder where that came from. It was just a bit like... Jackie Woodburn, you know, there's that rumour that, that you never see her arms because she's got full sleeve tattoos on both arms. <laughs> <laughs> things come out of nowhere. I've never heard that. That is absolutely hilarious and also completely true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it here first, guys. It's completely true. Guy, did you put that in just to troll me? On both sides. Has our jacks. No, no, she doesn't at all, of course not. She's just a big tattoo that says mum and anchor on the other side <laughs> incredible guy you, if that was a if that was a prank you got me well, amazing done, done. um nice work yeah very good work <laughs> frankie wants to know if you watch neighbors at all during the sorry I can't stop laughing <laughs> um, he wants to know if you watch neighbors at all during the years you weren't in it and if so do you have a favorite storyline or character that you wanted to be involved with when you rejoined um, look, bits and bobs I did. I watched, um, I think I sort of got a bit, when, it's just such a habit in the when you live in the UK to watch it, isn't it? People just stop mm. and watch it. So I think there was a while there that I did um, uh, and I liked all the, because um, uh, uh, Jane Hall is a friend of mine who played, oh, God, I can't remember her character's name. Um, Rebecca. Yes, married um, uh, Paul Robinson. Paul. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she had some hilarious storylines and I also loved the Scullies. I thought the Scullies were kind of like <laughs> um, the Mangles a bit, if you know what I mean. There was sort of like yeah. a similarity. Um, I, I think Kim Valentine's fabulous. I just adore her. So, um, you know, Libby had some amazing storylines and, um yeah, yeah, look, I've gone in and out. I've gone in and out depending on my work situation, home situation and all that sort of stuff. I must admit, mm. since I've been back in Australia, I haven't really watched it, but I watched it a bit while I was in the UK. 
mainly like the rest of the world so that's so interesting that your viewing patterns sort of corresponded with where where you were I guess it's sort of part of the conversation especially at that time it's part of the national conversation and Mm -hmm. and it was it was water cooler stuff yes and people used to always ask me about it as well and I felt kind of bad if I was like no I don't watch it if you know what I mean (laughs) really bad really rude like oh do you not care so yeah so it's like and I suppose you know you don't really you know you don't really know what you've got until it's gone with something like that. I think that's yeah. interesting about a show like that. Heartbreaking. Mm. But but you were there sort of right at the end, which was, I think, absolutely right that, that you were part of that final cast. How did that recent return come about? And, um, you know, it must have been really sort of, I, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, I'm just I'm so interested in what your feelings were about reprising the role and, and being paired up with Toadie and the whole thing. Well, I had no idea what was going to happen. So there was no um, there was no long-term storyline that was proposed to me at the beginning. There was, would you be interested in coming back for an episode or two? was pretty hmm. much what I was initially um, given. Uh, and because it was in the middle of COVID and I had been, I had my own business where I was um, doing music and movement in kinders and creches and it was a super cute little job. Um, and um, that had all stopped. All my drama teaching work had stopped. Any theatre work that I was doing had stopped. You know, everything had stopped much as you know Uh, and I got a weird phone call from my agent saying would you be interested you know just just interested they're not offering anything at this stage but would you be interested in maybe going back to neighbors just for a couple of one-off thingies and I was like oh yeah why not you know it's it's there's nothing else on if you know what I mean that was kind of pretty much how I initially thought and it was once again supposed to be a couple of episodes so um yeah it was a couple of episodes then it was like um oh do you want to come back and do a few more episodes after that and then do you want to do a few more and it went on like that for kind of like a year and a half really so there were yeah. sort of periods where I was in a lot and periods where I was sort of not in so much so I was never until that sort of last six months really kind of sure about whether I was in the show or not. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, which was kind of weird, but it was, you know, kind of good. So I never really got that thing of like, uh, oh, you know, this is ongoing. If you know, I, I kept yeah. Uh, when when we came, went back to doing face to face teaching again, I I kept continued to teach on Saturdays whilst I was doing neighbours because I really wasn't known sure whether or not it was um it was continuing or not. So um, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting, and I had no idea that I was going to be with Ryan at any stage of the event until uh after I, after I'd done the first two stints so there was when I was when I first came in it was just with um Annie and uh Paul Keane and like uh, and Jeff and stuff with um you know people that I'd sort of known from before 
that Mel had known. And then it changed when I came back. I was working for Toadie um, in the office, but we were friends. And there was no yeah. any relationship liaison at all. And then the third time I came back, all of a sudden it was this full-on um, affair that was happening with, you know, clothes being thrown around the office and <laughs> um, which was all absolutely hysterical. But I never thought for a moment that it was going to stick because it was such an unusual pairing um, because Melanie was obviously, you know, a uh, good 14 or 15 years older than um, than Toadie. So, um, yeah, so I, that's an unusual situation for people to accept and there were it was a lot of at the over here in the press there was a bit of like, you know, as if, you know, a 40-year-old guy marry a 50-year-old woman. Um, it, yeah, there was a lot of that sort of feeling and I think there was probably a little bit of that from the UK as well. But I think, you know, when you think about it, there's Therese and Paul. Have, yeah, have a they wouldn't bat an eyelid the other way around. Yeah. But people don't sort of, you know, so that's that's a good, you know, it's once again a, you know, brave um, choice by the writers, um, which, you know, they did so incredibly well, our writers, um, by yeah. normalising the, you know, what some people could think of as not normal relationships. So I really loved um, Tony and Mel's relationship. It was so full of fun. So much fun. And I think, you know, first it sort of came out of nowhere because they, they, they did a really sort of clever reveal of like it just literally they, they socked you in the face with it. Like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? They threw a um, leopard skin dress at you. <laughs> yeah that's the one thing we found out from this whole affair was that toady appears to have some sort of big cat fetish yeah. <laughs> which uh was... which so does Mel. they have that in common <laughs> and that was kind of it that was kind of all there was to the relationship at first but of course then it becomes you know two people not wanting to not knowing where to go with each other because they're really attracted to each other and yet they know on paper it's not supposed to really work um, so it sort of led to some interesting storylines as well, which I thought was um, was good. Um, so it sort of showed their relationship um, deepen, um, mm. which I thought was a really lovely, um, which was a really lovely way of going, you know, through the Sonia stuff and through the, you know, through the um, uh, Rose coming in and trying to steal him and all of that sort of stuff. Oh, boo. so yeah there was yeah it sort of I think it it sort of brought up some some interesting um things yeah it brought up some once again some great um fantastic work by the writers that that um gave us some really lovely stuff to play with I remember being quite cross with Toadie uh, during that whole Rose period. I really felt he was not treating Mel very kindly and I was quite angry on Mel's behalf, but I'm glad that he came to his senses and realised that, that there's only one Mel and that he would definitely be missing out if he uh, if he treated her poorly. And I loved how Mel was with the kids as well. That was just gorgeous. And she slotted so well into the family unit and it was so sensitively and beautifully done that she wasn't trying to take Sonia's place or or you know 
play mum, but she was just filling this wonderful stepmom role, and and also, um, you, you know, I guess flying in the face of the the evil stepmom trope that that she was this oh, wonderful presence in their lives that brought them together. Yeah, well, that is one thing that Mel and I do have in common because I'm a stepmom too. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was actually really, um, really, I think was important for me to um just sort of say something about that because I think it's a really interesting area and in a way that actually stepmums these days or stepdads whichever you know um the step is kind of about stepping up to the plate when somebody else isn't there mm. um, and for whatever reason they're not there you know um it's about the kids and I think, um, and I think it's something that's been an incredibly fulfilling um, part of my life, being a stepmother. Um, and um, so, yeah, I really, absolutely adore my stepdaughter, um, and she's now twenty-one. Um, so she's a big grown-up and doesn't live at home anymore. Um, but yeah, she, you know, we've been on a constant text all day about, um, you know. Christmas presents and blah 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 and you know if you know what I mean so um it's about being there and I wanted to sort of take the feelings that I had about that and do what I could with them um to sort of show that that it's actually just about being there um when there's not somebody else there and somebody oh that makes so much sense yeah yeah who who fills the gap of somebody Mm. who can't be there for whatever reason I mean that makes so much sense that the 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 I guess the warmth that emanated from the screen in those moments with Nell and Hugo that that really like that, that it comes from a real place just yeah, just totally. is so touching. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. Um so it must have been so hard for you when all of that came for a close it's so hard for us as fans that that the show you know I I felt was sort of cut down at, at, when it was at at a peak really at its very best yeah. and so many other people felt like that yeah. and how how did you approach trying to bring home something this iconic and and those last episodes uh, well it was done for us by Jason and Shane pretty much mm. um the writing um was phenomenal when I read Absolutely. the last episode, <laughs> oh God, I'm going to cry just even talking about it. Now. Oh. I was um, an absolute snot ridden, red faced, bloated eyes, <laughs> complete bubble of tears. Um, and yeah, and um, <laughs> I looked up at my partner. And I've been reading the script and I looked up at him and he was like, oh, darling, what's wrong? And I and I looked at him and he didn't realise that I was reading the last script. And I just looked and I went, it's just so beautiful. And that's exactly how I feel about the ending of it. It was just so beautiful. It was like yeah. a perfect thing. Um, yeah. It ticked all the boxes. It, it shouted out to all of the fans it um I thought it was fantastic so um I felt like um there wasn't we didn't have to push it Mm. all of the emotion was there 
everybody was feeling it. Everybody was feeling everything. You know, it was, yeah. it was so incredible. We were so joyous to see each other um, for all of those people to come back, Peter O'Brien and Guy and, um, you know, and, and, and everybody that came back. And Charleston was there for a second. Having Smithy back in the room was just incredible. Um, it was just so beautiful to have all of those people but to know it was like going to a funeral because it was like, oh, my God, um, you know, why haven't I seen you for so long? And, you know, all those people that you see and you, um, you know, at, at this and there's incredible warmth and love but this sadness is that the only reason that you're all together is because something's finishing. Yeah. Yeah, like a, like a school reunion yeah. or, you know, yeah, like you say, like a funeral. I mean, it was in, the, in a way a funeral, you know, it was an institution. Yeah, it was, the, it, was the, it was a wake and all of the people stood up and said a bit about their time on the show, if you know what I mean. That's almost kind of like what yeah. happened. Um, and, wow. and I just felt that that was such a, a brilliant finish to the show, even though I never, ever, ever, ever have wanted the show to finish or would ever want the show to finish. But if it ever did, what an incredible way to go and and I just felt so incredibly humbled to be in right in the middle of that um, after, you know, not being there for 30 years, to have been, you know, accepted and, and welcomed in the way that I was by the fans and, you know, the cast and the crew and everybody. It was just, it was beautiful. It was just magnificent for a, a, a thing to have you know that it has brought so much joy to for us all to have been together at the end that was just lovely well that's certainly translated for us at home mm. and Haley, um on in on the topic of the finale would love to know what your reaction was when you found out i was you you've touched on it a bit here but that it was going to be centered around your wedding this this sort of end of this amazing show what what did that feel like really mental because I wasn't actually allowed to tell anyone for ages <laughs> um so yeah it was it was really mental and that meant that it didn't really feel that real because I wasn't allowed to tell anyone if you know what I mean I obviously told my mm. other half and you know there was a few people at work that knew um but yeah no one was supposed to know how it was ending because you know there was everybody I don't know whether it was like um in the UK but here it was like everyone was ex- expecting us all to blow up or, you know, to be some uh, aeroplane that, you know, sort of drove into Ramsey Street or, and, you know, floating <laughs> to Saul and all that sort of stuff. So I, funnily enough, kind of had a little bit of a um, whinge to um, Andrew Thompson, one of the um, producers, saying, you know, I feel like I... You know, you know, you're having me in here and then you're having me in there and then I don't hear from anybody and I don't know what I'm doing and what where's Melanie going and what's happening. And and he was like, oh, um, well, um, here's, yeah, there's something really exciting happening for you. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's going to be really good for Mel. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well. Can't really tell you because we don't know what's happening yet with whether you know whether the show is continuing on or how long. But you know, but, but this is going to happen regardless. And then oh, you know, wow. so it was going to be Tony and Mel were going to get married regardless of whether the show was finishing. Um. So yeah. So so yeah. So when he told me that, I kind of figured if it was finishing, that would be a, a clever way of bringing 
the 80s and the 90s and the 90s to the, you know, and then handing the baton over to Ryan and then Ryan taking you all the way through to the end, if you know what I mean. So yeah. it was kind of like a, a, a nod to the all of the eras through our wedding, which was Perfect. really cleverly considered. Um, mm. So, yeah, so and, and so I felt, I, I couldn't believe it. I felt completely shocked. Um um and and yeah yeah so I knew at that point that there was a bit of more of a future for Mel isn't it funny you know sometimes you have to have a little tizzy fit to um (laughs) find out what's really going on (laughs) wouldn't it be funny if that wasn't going to happen but you put him on the spot (laughs) he got panicked yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no he actually he actually did a big thing of taking me in to see Jason and for Jason to actually give me the proper news I don't know oh, if wow. allowed to give me the actual news. I think he had to say, I'm come and talk to Jason, and but there's something very <laughs> exciting happening. I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, no, it was yeah. amazing. And it was amazing. It was, it was just such an incredible honour to have been so um, involved at the end. Yeah, it must have been. And just one last iconic neighbour's wedding for us all. Yeah. Tissues out. It was just beautiful. I know. Well, it was a hard one to come after that Mackenzie and Hendrix wedding, you know. Oh, I know. No, break my heart. I know. I know. That was just incredible, wasn't it? Still not over it. No. Still not over it. Still furious. Yeah. Justice for McKendricks. Um, no, it was it was wonderful, and obviously it gave them a, a a chance to really show what they could do with these these incredible young actors. So I'm I'm glad they did it, but uh, I I was uh, very very puffy eyed those few days and yeah, uh, a had a lot of explaining to do on my Zoom calls. Yeah. Like, Everything all right? I'm okay, but Mackenzie and Hendrix. I know. I know. <laughs> um, we, well, I went felt like I went through that one twice because you know. Um, we mm. weren't actually there because I think Tody and I were still in, just coming back from our hol- holiday seeing Callum. So um, we came back the day before his um, transplant, I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that was, yeah, that was getting flung straight into the tragedy of him not being there. And, and the thing was, you know, Benny's just an incredible force of nature and you really mm. miss him when he's not there because he's just, yeah, he's just always dancing or doing flips or doing some show-offing thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I really missed him, him, his energy being around and Georgie was just absolutely, I mean, she just, she just owned it completely. She smashed it. it. Yeah. Yeah out of this world yeah. just yeah I, I'm, I'm so glad that she got a chance to do that yes um leaving leaving things in a more positive place yes, we have sorry. some fanfic questions um because uh, I'm, I'm aware that that it's it's getting late your yes. time and I don't want to keep you here all night but as much as I'd love to talking about neighbors all day long um some fanfic questions from from our community um both Vincent and Sarah sort of wanted to know how Toadie and and Mel are doing now um how are Tony and the kids? How's married life? Where did you go on honeymoon? What happened next? They they're full of questions. Um, I, I think, like speaking for us all, with the appetite for for more neighbours, please. So, um, no, yeah, no pressure. Absolutely. Well, there's a couple of really funny people that are writing different stuff on Twitter about what happens next. There's um, <laughs> Vera Punt has a page where she writes continual um, <clears throat> updates on the street. Um, 
And the last that happened there, Melanie and, and Amy were in a car accident, which was um, which well, it wasn't oh. looking good for me at that stage. But, um, but that's oh, no. just Vera Punk's idea of what's happening next. So I, I disagree. I disagree with other people. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I don't really I, – I kind of tried to think about where Cody and Mel would go for their honeymoon. I don't think they'd go very far because I don't think they'd want to be too far away from the kids or anything. So um, – Maybe they'd just go to maybe Tassie and and have a bit of a sort of walk around in the snow or something. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Tasmania, I'm thinking. You probably don't know what I'm saying when I say Tassie. Yeah. Um, I think or, or New Zealand, somewhere like that, somewhere sort of pretty and mountainy and, yeah, yeah, I think they could do with a little bit of nature. Yeah, a little alone time. Yeah, a little alone time in nature and a nice little cabin somewhere. Where they can dress up oh. in some sort of, you know, animal print. <laughs> a safari <laughs> where, where they can indulge their fetish to their heart's content and we don't have to watch it. Yes. Well, that's, the savannah would be way too far away. They'd have to go too long away from the kids. So, yeah, so they could just have their own little private one, which is probably best to keep this. Yes. Not being asked to leave the resort in disgrace. Yes, um, yes. with their tiger yes. tails between their legs. oh wonderful so what's next for you you've got the podcast coming up where can where can people look out for you where can people follow you Um, where where can neighbors fans continue to enjoy your work um insta i will be posting stuff on that um we're getting a calden and born instagram page together we haven't got there and much on there yet because it's all still in the baby page uh, stages um but yes my last name her last name calden and born um and yeah my um lucinda calden instagram page um lucinda calden on twitter um, I'm listening to Cowden on Facebook. I'm listening to Cowden wherever I go <clears throat> most of the time. So fortunately, I don't think there's any other Lucinda Cowdens. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. One Melanie Pearson, one Lucinda Cowden. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't duplicate a legend. Lucinda Cowden. I sing that over here and <laughs> don't get it because, you know, they still call football soccer here. So let's not go into that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you've been a wonderful, wonderful guest. Thank you so much for your time and energy and generosity. And thank you for Melanie and bringing so much joy to all of our screens and our lives and everything you've done for us over the years oh, as a fan community. It's, we it's all, been such we all love you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you so much to all the fans who've written all of those amazing questions. Um, yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, I'm thinking this show hopefully might be helpful for some people, if you know what I mean, that are missing neighbours and, and mm. we'll have some chatties with, you know, we're going to get people like Georgie and Beck and Annie and um, whoever we can um, on, maybe Steph, see if he's around So, and, and have some chats and, um, yeah, keep things light and funny and, um, um, yeah, hopefully keep some sunshine in your lives. Wonderful. I absolutely cannot wait for that. Listen to Cowden, thank you so much. Such a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you. Today's episode was hosted by me, Sarah Gibbs. Our guest today was Lucinda Cowden. This episode was edited by John Gibbs. Our logo is by Hayley Charlesworth. Our theme song was mixed by Graham Rawson. See you next time where we'll be recapping episodes 121 to 130, joined by our new regular co-host, Rachel Krieger.